Welcome, everyone, to episode three of our podcast, Piedmont Crossroads, The Path to Preservation. Today, the topic is the historic village of Philemont versus the Loudoun County Fire and Rescue Department. This clash highlights extremely well the difficulties of preserving a rural landscape and lifestyle in one of the fastest growing counties in the country. Among the many players in this drama, besides the village of Philemont, the Board of Supervisors, and the Department of Fire and Rescue, are Snickersville Turnpike, the Philemont Horse Show Grounds, and of course, the residents of rural Loudoun, who own the 1.2 billion, that's billion with a B, worth of property in the area the firefighters are sworn to protect. Now, this is a complex and difficult issue, so let's get to it. I'm Alexander Nance, Executive Director of the Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area Association, the producer of this podcast series. The mission of the VPHA is to educate about and advocate for preservation in the five-county Northern Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area. This dispute over the Philmont Firehouse gives us an opportunity to do both. So just what is the issue here? Well, Loudoun County has tentatively decided to build a new 18,500-square-foot fire station on the property known as the Philmont Horseshoe Grounds. That property is an historic 7.5-acre public space on the similarly historic Snickersville Turnpike, about a mile from the center of the historic village of Philemont. As you can tell, a lot of history is involved. And here's the key. The decision to upend all this history occurred over a period of years without anyone in the village or the preservation community knowing about it. The current fire station, which is in the center of the village on a two-and-a-half-acre lot, has been the heart and soul of the village for more than 65 years. Under the county plan, the building or its space would be repurposed in an as-yet-undetermined way. When word finally got out in mid-2020 about the huge new fire station, an uproar occurred. So, at the end of the first and most contentious public meeting, Supervisor Tony Buffington called for a feasibility study to look at other options, such as renovating the original station. To no one's surprise, that study resulted in a recommendation to build the new station on the horse show grounds, which was what was originally planned. Board of Supervisors agreed and voted for it. Final approval is pending. Since then, there have been a number of meetings with members of the community in Philemont and elsewhere in rural Loudoun opposing the plan. A petition has been signed and delivered, but this strong, vocal opposition has not blunted the momentum of the county's plan. Fire and Rescue Chief Keith Johnson, who has said the specs for the station are his, but the decision of where and when to build it are the county's, has repeatedly declined to modify demands to better suit the rural area. As he explains it, those demands revolve around the needs of modern, 24-7, two-gender fire crews and the larger size of the engines now being acquired by the Department of Fire and Rescue. These larger size engines to be housed in the new firehouse have complicated the Philemont debate because of the citizen opposition to these large trucks. Part of the specs for the new firehouse require four large, through-and-through garage bays. Because of that, the story moved beyond preservation of Philemont and added a larger debate about Fire and Rescue's attitude toward Western Loudoun. So today, we will look at the firehouse issue, take a passing glance at the engine problem, and ask these questions. Is a new firehouse on the horse show grounds really needed when the old one can be redesigned in its present location for firefighters' safety and comfort, as well as for proper equipment? Also, at what point should the community's needs be addressed when making significant changes to a village? So let's begin. First, we will hear from Travis Shaw, VPHA Director of Education and in-house historian, 
who will talk about the history of the village of Philemont and Snickersville Turnpike, and how closely it's tied to its firehouse and the horse show grounds. Next, we'll hear from Madeline Skinner, a resident of Philemont, who is president of the Loudoun Historic Village Association and a member of the executive committee of the Loudoun County Preservation and Conservation Coalition. She also has deep, deep ties to the fire station and to the village of Philemont. Then Chief Johnson will get his say. You will hear in his own words why he believes Philemont needs the new firehouse at the Horseshoe grounds and why bigger engines are needed to respond to emergencies. And finally, we will talk to architect Bill Ridge, who has an alternative plan that addresses the county's needs while keeping the firehouse in the center of Philemont. So let's hear from Travis first, who will set the stage. Thank you so much for having me, Alex. It's always a pleasure to be here. So the history of the village of Philemont begins long, long before the village itself is actually established, and it all really has to do with its location along the road that we now know as the Snickersville Turnpike. This road has its origins centuries ago, before contact. It's used as a Native American path. Later on in the 18th century, it's going to be adopted by colonists, settlers coming into the Loudoun Valley, and then by the early 19th century, it has become an established turnpike road known as the Snickersville Turnpike. It carries traffic, people, and goods from the town of Aldi, where the Little River Turnpike uh, terminates. And it's going to go all the way up to what was once known as Williams Gap, but then by the 19th century is known as Snickers Gap. So it's carrying people, goods across central Loudoun County. It kind of becomes the main thoroughfare for this part of Loudoun County. And so by the early 19th century, a village starts to grow kind of a crossroads town there. It's initially largely Quaker settlers, um, much like nearby communities at Goose Creek and Waterford um, and the South Branch. Uh, that community is going to grow throughout the 19th century and, and as I said, become a, a crossroads where travelers and visitors can stop. There's a number of different buildings to kind of cater to them, you know, things like inns and ordinaries in the area, a lot of farmhouses, agricultural production going on in this area, um, blacksmiths, and so forth. It's really a small little commercial center by the middle of the 19th century. So Philemont's probably greatest brush with history is going to come during the American Civil War, uh, specifically in the fall of 1862. In early November, late October of 1862, uh, Union General George McClellan is going to begin following up after his victory at the Battle of Antietam. He's going to move his army into the Loudoun Valley. And as he's doing so, Confederate forces, specifically cavalry under Jeb Stuart, are going to try and delay his army as long as possible. And so the battle, what will become known as the Battle of Unison, actually begins in Philemont, uh, again, like the last day of October, first day of November, 1862. There's going to be skirmishing along the turnpike outside of the village. There's going to be fighting along the ford at, uh, at Beaverdam Creek, just south of the village. Um, so really the opening shots of that battle will occur there, um, really bring the Civil War home for the residents of Philemont. After the Civil War, Philemont is going to continue to basically be a, a crossroads village. Um, the village will see kind of a new birth, a little bit of a renaissance in the early 20th century with the advent of the motor car. Uh, the Snickersville Turnpike is going to be paved. It's going to bring automobile traffic through the town. 
And so you see a number of buildings that are constructed around the turn of the century, you know, between 1900 and 1920, including one of the most prominent landmarks in town, the Philemont General Store, which is built there in 1913. Uh, it's one of the last remaining traditional country stores in the area. Um, you can still go in there. You can buy groceries. You can buy sandwiches. It's still the town post office, as it has been since 1941. Um, so really, as I said, a unique structure and kind of the last of its kind and very important to the character of Philemont. Uh, the other kind of central focus for the village in the 20th century is the Philemont Horse Show Grounds. Um, the Horse Show Grounds were established in the mid-20th century. Uh, it was established as a place where locals could come participate in horse shows, equestrian events, and it history is really tied to the fire hall it was established um as a way the horse show was established as a way for the volunteer fire department to raise funds and for many many years you know not only is it essential to the operations of the volunteer fire department but kind of a centerpiece for the village itself thank you travis i would just like to add a quick note this past march Snickersville Turnpike was listed on the Virginia Landmarks Register. That paved the way for its listing on the National Register of Historic Places, which happened on June 16, 2022. Snickersville Turnpike's historic status doesn't mean cars and trucks don't travel on it anymore. In fact, it is one of the busiest routes in Loudoun, handling both commuter traffic and slow-moving tractors, and fire trucks. So now, let's hear from Madeline Skinner, a longtime resident of Philemont, and president of the Loudoun Historic Village Alliance, and a member of the Philemont Foundation. And now, you've been a resident of Philemont for many years, uh, over two decades, right? That's right. Uh, my husband and I moved to Philemont in 1998. Um, we actually started our vineyard in the year 2000. We are growers, and we continue to do that to this day. Uh, in 2003, we purchased the Philemont General Store and were the owners of the general store for almost 16 years. And uh, upon arriving in the Philemont, I immediately got involved with the fire department through the Ladies Auxiliary uh, and actually proceeded to uh, also become an admin member, a member of the board of directors, as well as the treasurer for one year. And so speaking of that, exactly when and how did you first learn about this plan we've heard about to move the firehouse out of the center of the village and to build this much larger one over on Horseshoe Grounds? Well, what's interesting is that this actually started uh, more uh, in the early 2000s with, uh, again, a few of these members wanting to put a training facility on the Horseshoe Grounds. Um, and I actually, owning the store, I did a petition and we immediately really squashed that idea because that's, you know, we didn't necessarily want to a burn tower, a helipad, um, all of these different things going on uh, within our quiet little village. Um, and then it was actually really more official with the firehouse at a board meeting in 2015 when then uh, Chief Brower came with um, a few of his co-workers and the board of directors uh, officially asked for a new firehouse. Um, that was not the county coming to us. That was the board going to the county and asking for, you know, for a firehouse. So yes, 2015 is when that was voted on. I was not a member of the board at the time. I was a, a liaison from the auxiliary. Um, 
So that was when the vote was taken uh, to, to move forward with the county. So, so you mentioned the, <clears throat> the county, the board, and the village. Did anyone you know, from anywhere actually ask the members of the community about this plan or what the impact would be on the village? No, I mean, as you can see, even with the training facility, this, these are just, you know, these, you know, these dreams of pomp and circumstance uh, from members of the volunteer fire department who wanted bigger and better. Uh, unfortunately, that belonged in Leesburg, and Leesburg already had a training facility. Same thing with a firehouse. Um, our firehouse is extremely well built. We've had, uh, the county has actually even sent in evaluators. We've really just passed with flying colors on all of these things uh, to to have something um, so large on a long Snickersville Turnpike uh, truly um, I guess I never really thought it would happen <laughs> to be honest with you because I just really thought it just didn't make sense because our firehouse was at was more than what really what was needed at you know less than one call a day uh, sure. career staff of four um, and I guess I probably should also add that it was fully volunteer until the early 2000s. We first went 12-7 with career staff and then 24-7 a few years later. So uh, very much run by the volunteers for a very long time. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, you're president of the Loudoun Historic Village Alliance, so involved in a lot of these smaller communities throughout Loudoun County. Um, so is, is that sort of interaction typical between the county and the residents of these small villages? I, I think, unfortunately, it really is, and, and we kind of, that's sort of how I wrapped up the July Board of Supervisors meeting when I went to speak. I listed all of our villages, and every single one of those villages has had a major issue uh, to resolve with the county, and I honestly, I don't believe that any of those issues, I believe a lot of those issues would have been resolved much earlier if the county could just learn to come and speak to the residents. Right. Um, but I also want to clarify that uh, prior to moving to, you know, with the county being involved in this, it really was the responsibility of the board of directors of the Philomont Volunteer Fire Department to reach out and have these community meetings and have this type of conversation. And they never did that. The only information people were getting was from me being at the store and sharing with the residents. Speaking of the decision, is the decision to move the firehouse finalized? I never believe anything is final, <laughs> and I do believe that Aldi has taught us that, to be very optimistic that um, we can truly keep trying to educate uh, not only Loudoun County Fire Rescue staff, but also the Board of Supervisors, that there really is an answer uh, to this, and it is not a 18,500 square foot sprawling mm -hmm. uh, building along historic Snickersville Turnpike. I, I imagine there might be some villages somewhere who wouldn't necessarily want a firehouse right in the middle of the downtown area, but you've mentioned that this is such a special part of the fabric of the community. So could you tell us a little more about what it is that makes this firehouse so special to Philmont? You know, what does it really mean to the village and to the people who live there? Well, I think I was really fortunate that when I first became involved with the Philmont Volunteer Fire Department, um, a lot of the original and somewhat original members uh, were still involved. It was really the newer people moving in that sort of started coming in and, and I will say start taking over. Um, and I, I just felt very fortunate that I was able to know and uh, call these many of these guys friends and women uh, that had been involved for so long, some since truly the 
the late 50s, early 60s. Um, you know, obviously they weren't operational anymore, but they were still very involved with their fire department. Uh, so I think um, it's the core of our community. You know, you, you have a, a, a general store on the corner that, you know, that's been there since the early 1900s, but, you know, we, Philemon has had general stores since the middle of the 1800s. Uh, the firehouse was built in uh, 1956, and then we have our community center that used to be a school up until 1945 and then became uh, a private residence of, in the interim, but also is obviously now our community center. So it really is the core. It's where the people meet, whether it's at the recycling center or at the on the porch of the store. And I do believe that as the, the core of our community. You mentioned that the proposal is to move it down along Snickersville Turnpike. What do you think that such a move would mean to, to the residents of the village? I think, you know, the first thing I want to say is I, I think it would be very sad for the career staff to be so isolated uh, there. Um, you know, it's not like we have sidewalks in Philomont that they can walk back and forth. They can't be away from the fire department. They're really also a part of our community as well. But I think for those that live, the homeowners that live surrounding these horse show grounds, one of them still has the hand dug well that was there when they moved there in 1966. And we all know that a fire department does use a lot of water. The well at our current fire department is amazing and it has been for decades. Uh, so I think environmentally and I think safety wise, it's huge because you would be pulling directly out to a very dangerous part of Snickersville Turnpike. So I think those homeowners around, you know, specifically around the fire department are very, um, very upset that this is potential. And, and we've heard the argument that you know, the fire department needs the, the big same size trucks and the same size equipment out here in rural Loudoun that they have in the eastern part of the county. What, what would you say to that argument? Well, I think our, I, I truly believe those in western Loudoun, I believe our public safety is at risk. I personally uh, know that a fire truck cannot come down our driveway. Uh, it certainly cannot get up to uh, our mother-in-law's house, which is also on our property. Uh, there are three houses on our driveway. Unfortunately, our neighbor's house uh, two and a half years ago burned to the ground and all the large apparatus was parked down on Gregsville and they had two pieces of equipment, uh, you know, fighting the fire. They were smaller pieces of equipment. Um, I think not only is it the smaller, more narrow roads, the more narrow bridges, but you know, anybody who's driven out in Western Mountain, you can see our driveways too. Mm -hmm. And some of them are very long and very windy. And so I think that uh, sometimes you need to look a little bit more past standard, the term standard. It's, sure. uh, I don't consider Loudoun County a standard county. I think that is what makes us so special, that we are so diverse in our landscape that I think you need to be able to look past that and realize that smaller apparatus really aren't very much needed in Western Loudoun. Now, you, you mentioned the firefighters themselves. What do you think that taking them out of the core of the village and moving them out to this you know, big 18,000 square foot firehouse outside the village would mean for them? I, I, I thought about this, you know, I really, cause you know, you see them out there, you know, they're standing out with their trucks and the kids love, you know, behind the community center, there's a park. So, you know, when sometimes the big vehicles are parked outside, you see the kids come over to see the trucks and to, you know, interact with the firemen. Uh, there's a, they have like a little fire pit in the front, you know, with benches that the auxiliary donated when they retired. Um, I think it would be a shame. They can walk over to the general store if they want something from there. 
Uh, I think it would really be a shame to have them. I'm sure many of them consider themselves pretty isolated being out in Philemont to begin with, especially when they're coming from South Riding or Ashburn or Leesburg. Uh, but I think putting them uh, very much isolated on that uh, seven acres would be, you know, it would be a shame. In, in contrast to the plan to move the firehouse, we've also heard the idea that the current firehouse could be renovated to meet the actual needs of the village. Can you tell us a little bit more about that decision? Yes, we were blessed with a wonderful neighbor who just recently retired from, uh, he has been an architect for over 30 years, um, and he approached me at our one of our community meetings on this and said I would love to help. And so I gave him the Loudoun County Fire Rescue Standards Manual, uh, the requirements for the build, uh, you know, to put this out uh, for the um, the architect. Now, earlier you spoke about some of these, you know, great historic buildings and sites inside the village, you know, for example, the store, obviously the firehouse, the community center, the recycling center, everything right there in the core. So has anyone talked about a future plan for those pieces of the village, uh, particularly the firehouse building, if this plan does go forward? Um, so one of, one of the initial, uh, proposal was, you know, potentially to offer it up to, to the community center to, to move from there. Um, community center has always done absolutely fine where they are. I'm sure it sounds like a great idea, but then again, you're talking even more county funds to very much have to renovate this building, uh, to be used as a community center. Um, but I think, and our biggest fear is what would happen if somebody came in, either a restaurant or a brewery, you know, saying this would be an awesome building, you know, to be able to house our business. Um, I, while that's exciting, I don't know how the residents would really react to something like that. So I think it's, um, and the worst that could happen is that it would sit there. And Travis spoke earlier about the historic horse show grounds in Philemont. Um, so what do you think the end of that very long history would mean to the village? Well, there's a lot of people that were, were very sad to see that go. It was sort of interesting how that happened because, you know, we obviously had uh, the horse show started, you know, a couple of years after the, the firehouse was built. We believe the first program we have is 1958. Um, the last show was 2019, but we all know what happened mm -hmm. in 2020. So kind of the way that happened, however, in 2020, when um, the Philmont Village Foundation was looking, we actually had started work to start seeing how we could bring the horse show back. Um, sort of instantaneously, one Sunday morning, all the, the two rings were torn down, signs were torn down, signs were painted over. Um, and again, without informing the community that that was going to be done, that was sort of a message of, you know, no trespassing signs went up. Um, and I think it's really a shame because as we've been learning, and I probably should mention that Philemont's going through the application process right now for the National Register of Historic Places and Virginia Landmark. And um, one of the things that is just interesting is that many of the villages had their own horse shows. You know, Unison did, uh, um, St. Louis did, Mountville did. I'm sure there's many others. And it was really a way to generate um, you know, funds for whatever was needed in that community. That was before, you know, you were getting tax help from the county. And um, so, but not only that for us, uh, and I worked every single horse show uh, for all those years, um, the auxiliary had the cook shack. There were people that would come to the cook shack just for Marjorie's, you know, sausage gravy and biscuits. You know, they may not even be know anybody riding in the mm -hmm. show, but uh, so it was also very much a social event for all those years. 
losing the firehouse as we have because they have done renovations uh, to the second level. We no longer have our kitchen. We no longer have our Licky Hall. Uh, we would love to be able to use those horse show grounds to recreate, again, a sense of community and a place for the community to to get together. And speaking of community, earlier you mentioned the Philmont General Store, which we know is you know, a true gem here in the Heritage area. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think the effect would be on the store if the fire department and all that business were to move out of the center of the town? Um, I think it's just more, um, you know, I'd like to think the obviously the locals will still go there who get their mail because we still have our, the post office inside mm-hmm. the store. Uh, but I just think it would take away from the look of uh, of that core, you know, people just expect when they pull up, they see the store, they see the firehouse. Right. And I think it just really, it would change our landscape. And I think that would be a shame. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I'll just close with uh, one last question. The most important one is what can people do to help? Well, I think at this point, uh, it really is all about uh, emailing uh, Supervisor Buffington, Chair Randall. I, I'd like to keep it specific to that because this is Supervisor Buffington's area. Uh, Chair Randall being at large. I also think that the Loudoun County Fire Rescue Chief Johnson really does need to hear uh, from the residents that they are very concerned that uh, Eastern Eastern Loudoun County standards are being forced upon uh, Western Loudoun, whether that is the standard firehouse that they want to keep trying to use or um, the standard the standard apparatus that uh, really puts us at risk with many of our driveways and roads. Well, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about this. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Thank you, Madeline. Now we will hear from Chief Johnson. In his talk to community groups and to the Board of Supervisors, Chief Johnson has disputed the views of Skinner and other residents, arguing that the current firehouse no longer meets the needs of modern, mixed-gender, 24-7 professional fire crews. He's also said that the truck bays need to be larger and have drive-through capability to accommodate the fire equipment being used by the current fire and rescue department. In this first audio clip, from a talk he gave in unison in 2021, you will hear his specs. We have a design manual where we have needs um, from a fire station, and they do vary from area to area. Um, However, we have a minimum set of standards, um, office space, our, fi- our firefighters are required to work out every day and, and do physical training. So we have a physical training room. You have to have so many lockers, so many showers, so many toilets. Many of this is driven by the building, the fire and building code, of course, when you build a new building, you have to have ADA requirements in buildings, stairwells, uh, elevators for two-story fire stations. We need offices, we need a kitchen, we need a day room where they can conduct training. So all those programmatic needs are filed in and that's what increases the square footage of the station. I know I've heard the arguments of the Philomont when we were there at the community meeting that many residents think the current station fits fits the need of the firefighters in Philomont. They absolutely do not. Our our locker room, our staff locker room is in a hallway of the fire station. They don't even have a dedicated locker room to change their clothes. Their lockers are in a hallway of a fire station. Would you go into a, a workout facility or go into a gym and change in the hallway? I don't think so. Um, And that's what our firefighters deal with. Obviously, when that station was conducted, it wasn't designed to have 24-hour sleeping quarters. It was designed as a come-from-home facility, as I did when I started as a volunteer. Um, We didn't have women in the fire service back then. We have lots of women in the fire service now. I need dedicated 
space for women. We don't shower together. We need separate facilities. We have separate, separate sleeping quarters for women. We're not in the same room. Obviously, a lot of things have changed. So there's no, there's no dedicated sleeping quarters for women there. We have to segregate our folks um, in, you know, purposely through uh, the bunk rooms, that, the few bunk rooms that we have that have been converted closets and now are converted into bunk rooms. Uh, the kitchen is not separate. It's shared with the, the community. I mean, the, commu the uh, volunteers, it's a, it's a kitchen slash open room. So if you're cooking and trying to do training, it's not conducive to a 24 hour facility. It has one office one office um, and everybody has to share. So whether you're doing you know, an employee appraisal or studying or something, there's one office that people have to share, which is not typical in our new fire stations. We have uh, several offices for people to study, for people to do have quiet time, for people to do their administrative work that as many do reports and things of that nature. Uh, if I'm counseling an employee, I got to kick everybody else out of the office to um, you know, be able to talk to an employee in confidence. So it, it does not meet our needs at all. The space does not meet our needs. Um, there's a lot of obviously criteria. In this second clip from the Unison Talk, Chief Johnson is responding to a question about the need for large fire trucks and other specialized apparatus to be housed at the Philemont and how the current station's bays are inadequate. The question has come up because of concerns by citizens over the size of the trucks and their ability to travel on Western Loudoun's rural roads and bridges. Why build a station for large trucks when we shouldn't be driving large trucks, is basically the question. Currently, a citizens group is in discussions with the Fire and Rescue Department over the use of this large equipment. Here's Chief Johnson's thinking. I, I take an oath as a firefighter, and I take an oath when I became the fire chief here in Loudoun County. And my oath is to protect the citizens and infrastructure here in Loudoun County. What I will tell you about um, fire and again, 39, I'm a fourth generation firefighter. I started as a volunteer, which is very important to me. Um, and I'm a fourth generation firefighter. Um, and my dad died at 56 years old, most likely of cancer from fighting fires. So um, I know fighting fire. Fighting fire is no, no difference whether a fire starts in Sterling in an urban environment or starts out as a fire in the community of Philemont or Unison. Um, the fire acts no differently when you talk about a rural environment, scenic environment, dirt road versus urban metro rail system, um, lightweight construction in the Sterling area or Ashburn area that you may see. It knows no difference. Um, when we respond, it doesn't matter where the fire occurs. We respond with the same tactics to put that fire out. It's the preservation of life is number one priority. Um, you know, keeping the fire from spreading to adjoining structures, and then the preservation of property is is our is our primary mission in fire and rescue. Certainly, life safety is our number one primary mission. Uh, when we respond to these incidents, again, it knows no difference whether it's on a dirt road in unison versus a um, major highway or a major four lane road in the middle of Ashburn. We respond with the same number of people um, and the same number of apparatus depending on what area of the county is. I will offer to you that my job, our job as firefighters is a lot harder in the communities of Unison and Philemont. And I think it's kind of obvious why. There are no fire hydrants in Unison. There are no fire hydrants. There's no domestic water supply in those areas. When I respond to a fire in Ashburn or Sterling, I drive my fire truck down the road. I hook up to a fire hydrant 
and all the water in the world comes out of that fire hydrant. If we run out, the Potomac River is dry. So we, I have all the water I need to put that fire out. When I respond to a fire in Philemont or the community of Unison, initially I have to bring the water with me. So we get more fire apparatus in a community of Philemont and Unison on a fire, on a structure fire, a house fire. We get more apparatus because we have to bring the additional water supply with us. Our tankers carry 3,000 gallons of water. Our fire trucks carry anywhere between 1,000 and 1,500 gallons. And we flow over 1,000 gallons a minute, typically, on a fire, structure fire. That's how much water it takes to put out a fire. 1,000 gallons a minute, typically. Uh, I did want to speak to your, to your comment about the fire apparatus. Um, there is no question that fire apparatus has gotten bigger over the years. And there's several key points. There's a lot of points, but several key points. First and foremost is the federal government. Um, many years ago, fire trucks were just that, right? I mean, they were they actually started with horses and, and, and evolved after that. But they were exempt from many of the federal EPA requirements that they're not exempt from today. So when the EPA in, introduced the pollution standards that are on your and my car are now on those same standards have to be on fire trucks. So when the EPA introduced those new uh, EPA standards, our fire trucks got dramatically bigger, right? They have, they have all the same um, EPA standards that we do on our fire trucks. Um, fire trucks never ever had safety standards that they do today. Just like your car and my car now have frontal airbags, side airbags, so do to our fire apparatus. Um, has also increased the size uh, of our apparatus. So now we have these safety devices. Years ago, the size of an axle on a fire truck was just like something you see, it was a straight bar with two wheels on it. Today, the axles on these fire trucks are just like our cars. They have all the safety devices, all the enhanced suspension. So you have your EPA standards, your enhanced uh, safety protections through airbags and, and the enhanced um, axles that are on these units. As the discussions about large engines and the amenities of the station raged over the past two years, a local resident was quietly listening and devising a solution that fits every bill. Philemont architect Bill Ridge has offered a design for the firehouse that leaves it in the center of the village, provides for the fire crew's comfort and safety, and makes more room for the equipment. He speaks to us next. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. So how long ago did you move to Philemont, and what is it that you like about the village there? So we moved here about 14 years ago from Upperville, um, and it was very nice to move to a place off of a dirt road, one of the oldest roads in the country. It's an old Indian trail, um, and it's moving to a village where it still has the post office in the back of the general store. It's very nice. And uh, I understand you, you recently retired from your full-time profession as an architect. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your career and some of that background? So I start, worked for the EPA um, for the last 30 years, retired back in May. Um, I was the chief at the architecture and engineering branch, and through that I did most of the master planning and the budgeting for all of the new construction and renovations of all of EPA's laboratories over the last 30 years, all the way across the country. And when did you first hear about these plans by the county for a new firehouse on the horse show grounds in Philemont? And when you heard that, what was your immediate reaction? Well, I guess, like everyone else, when the signs went up, <laughs> there were signs everywhere in Philemont um, about renovating. And I went to the public hearing, Thanks. heard what the fire department had to say and what everyone had to say in it. And I looked at it and I said, 
it seems to me that they can get most of what they need by doing an addition to the building rather than moving to a new building and what a waste it would be. Um, and also, I've lived in towns where they've taken all the parks and built schools, fire stations, and everything else, and there's no open space left. And I know Philemont doesn't feel like a big town, but keeping public open space is a high priority. And what was it that led you uh, to, to get involved? How did that process go? Well, so I thought about it and kind of in my mind came up with, okay, here's how we can do it. And I talked to Madeline Skinner. She gave me a copy of the county's reports, which had the options that the county had come up with. And it was very clear that they were missing uh, some good options. They had made an assumption right at the beginning that there wasn't space on the existing site. And I could look at that and see that that wasn't true. So I just said, okay, I can I can do some plans here, um, schematic plans of how this could work. Um, and so I did. I gave those to Madeline and um, developed further, and we've gone from there. And so speaking of those plans, we were very excited to hear about your draft proposal uh, aims to you know, renovate and expand the existing firehouse. Uh, and we're intrigued by the fact that it appears to meet the needs of the fire department um, while preserving the historic core of the village. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you went about coming up with that proposal and how you know that it does meet their needs? So the first thing, the most critical need that was clear from the public hearing was that there, because the fire station now has professional firefighters, they need living space. They need dormitory space. And there's not that, that doesn't ha exist in the existing um, fire station. So that was clearly the most um, pressing need. And that could be clearly done with an addition. Um, but at the same time, through my experience with EPA, it's clear that if you're going to renovate a building, you need to provide alternate space for the, everything that goes on in the building at the current state. So what I came up with it was a scheme that provides the living quarters, the fire department support, operational support for the um, equipment, and um, bays for the fire trucks. Um, and by providing that, new in a new addition, the fire station could then operate out of the new addition and then go back and renovate the existing to get the additional spaces that they need, like the exercise room. They've got a perfectly good kitchen in the existing building that can be reutilized with a dining room. Um, and, and a lot of office space could go in where the in the upper truck bay um, in the existing building. So um, in the end, building a smaller addition than a new building would be um, and reutilizing the space in the existing building would end up giving the department actually more space than the requirement, but um, in a pretty efficient manner yeah, and it, cost less. And, and it, so it sounds like it would certainly cost a lot less. Can you give us any details on how much that would save the taxpayer? So using strictly using the com and for comparison purposes, the cost estimate that um, the county used in the report, um, their scheme one for a um, renovation was going to be $15.2 million plus $2.5 million to build um, a temporary facility. Their scheme two, which was building an entire new building on the existing site, because it was pushed further down the hill where there are steep slopes, was $17 million plus $2.4 million. So um, by using those numbers, by building a smaller new construction and then doing renovation, but less extensive renovation than what the, their scheme one had, um, I came up with um, $15.6 million. 
and no temporary building required. And what role does the Philemont cell tower play in these plans? So the Philemont cell tower is directly behind the existing building. And um, the most efficient scheme would be to move that cell tower and build the new addition right up against the existing building so that you could move between the new and the old anywhere you need to. Um, that would require negotiation with the phone company. Um, it's certainly possible to put that cell tower up at the horse show grounds where it would have very little impact and also be at a higher elevation, which would be better for reception. Um, however, that said, if it needs to stay where it is, the whole addition can be built behind the cell phone tower, create a link between the new and the old, um, and it's just pushing the, the new construction a little bit further down the hill. And tell us a little bit about the, the recycling center that's currently on the place. Is there room for that to still exist on the property in your proposal? Um, there is. It's, um, th there's space to push the existing recycling area back um, on level ground. There's also the possibility of moving the recycling to either the community center property, which is owned by the county, or the horse show grounds. Um, so where it could be done without impacting the horse show itself. Um, so it, there, there are options that would need um, more detail, more detailed design to come up with that, figure out how to do that. And so if the county does decide to accept this plan, what, would you, what do you see your role as in that going forward? <laughs> Um, I don't know. It really depends on uh, what the county does. I mean, I'd happy to stay involved with the design, but um, it really depends on what the county does. The county has an, an entire team of architects. So, <laughs> yeah. So, look, hearing you talk about it, looking over the plan, um, the the question I'm left with is: Are there any downsides to this plan, or reasons why the county would oppose it? I mean, from where I'm sitting, it seems like you've checked off all the boxes, and it really does seem like a win-win. I don't see downside. I see um, there, there is some impact to the existing site, um, and it would require careful design in terms of the grading and particularly the stormwater management. Um, but having a new entrance to the fire station on Snickersville Turnpike and having the trucks be able to um, exit the station on, directly onto Snickersville Turnpike instead of on Jeb Stewart Road, those are big advantages, um, and plus saving a lot of money. Um, right off the top, it's saving the $2.4 million that the uh, county has um, estimated for um, a temporary building. That's the biggest savings right there. Yeah, well, everything you've laid out sounds like it makes a lot of sense and is very encouraging to hear. So th our biggest question now is, what are the next steps going forward? We're currently sharing the plan with local community groups um, and preservation part partners to develop support for the proposal. The next step would be to discuss the proposal with Chief Johnson and the Loudoun County Supervisors to demonstrate how it works um, and how, um, and then um, it, it will give the county an opportunity to, A, work with the people who live here in Philemont um, and to uh, develop an option which their own report failed to um, cover. Well, that all sounds great. Um, and that's all the questions we have. Just want to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us and uh, sharing this plan with all of our listeners, and best of luck going forward. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm hoping that you all can help Philemont get this, get this um, moving forward in the right direction. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.
And that brings us to the end of this edition of Piedmont Crossroads, The Path to Preservation. As we promised, this has been a most complicated issue. With the Philemont Firehouse tale, we not only have a historic village versus a fast-growing county at the heart of our story, our usual David and Goliath conflict, but we also have fire crew safety, architectural expertise, structural engineering, and homeowner protection lurking in the background of this drama. Our goal here has been to show there are extremely important voices not being heard and discussions not being held while the county marches forward toward building this firehouse at the old horse showgrounds in Philemont. The village of Philemont will be changed forever, probably unnecessarily, and likely for the worse. What will replace the old fire station is a critical question that should be answered before any decisions are final. The chief's reasons for a new firehouse at the horse show grounds seem sound until you realize that the community's needs have not been factored in. All of the crew's safety needs can be served with the rebuilt and redesigned station at its current location if only the county would cast their net into the community. Bill Ridge's credentials and designs are viable and a real solution. Which leads us to the answers to our questions. It makes no sense to proceed with the horse show grounds option and an 18,500 square foot design while a viable, less expensive, and community-backed alternative exists for the current location. And listening to the community at the beginning can produce better and more effective solutions to those communities' problems and can preserve the history and traditions that make Western Loudoun the place tourists and residents love. These are the points we ask our listeners to make to the Board of Supervisors by emailing them at bos at loudon.gov. Talk about Bill Ridge's credentials and his ideas for a redesign of the current firehouse. Talk about historic Snickersville Turnpike, lovely Philemont, and the need for a rural fire safety plan that actually suits the needs of the area. I'm Alexander Nance, Executive Director of the Virginia Piedmont Heritage Area Association. To learn more, please check us out at www.piedmontheritage.org. Thank you for listening and for helping us in our mission of preservation through education.